Hey guys, how's it going? So here's a video that I uploaded about a year ago. It didn't get much traction, so I'm re-uploading it now to my new subscribers. This video has a lot of sweet information in it regarding Kamino before the Clone Wars. So what the planet actually was, what the species looked like, what they did, and you'll be surprised to know that it wasn't always a water planet. How it came to be that, well, you'll find out in a minute. I'm also uploading this because Only money. in the next video, I'm going to be explaining some things that took place before, and this will help fill in all of those gaps uh, regarding what happened in the episode. Spoilers, the thing that came out of the Bacta. So my theory on what that is, and I know it's not Snoke for once. So I uh, hope you enjoy this video and I'll catch you in the next one. See you guys. Hey everyone, today we're going to cover 10 interesting facts about Kaminoan cloners. Starting in at number 1, Kaminoans were isolationists. Though mostly unknown to the Republic prior to the Clone Wars, the Kaminoans, due in large part to their high-tech ingenuity, found themselves interacting with beings across the galaxy. As whispers of their skills in engineering and genetic modification had reached some parts of the underworld, if it had been up to the amphibian Kamino natives, they'd rather not involve themselves with issues concerning other worlds within or outside the Republic, which is ironic given how their clones affected a galaxy at war. Now, of course, the Kaminoans didn't care whether the Jedi or the Sith won. They worked for both. As skilled scientists, they saw the Grand Army of the Republic as their greatest achievement to date. They didn't consider the creations to be individual sentient beings, but instead saw them as exceptionally well-made products. The Kaminoans didn't ask questions and could care less what their clients did with their creations. They simply appreciated the science and the massive wealth that their clones brought them. Number two. A force vision led to the creation of the clone army. After having a vision of dark times coming for the entire galaxy, Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas, Count Dooku's best friend when they were kids growing up in the Jedi Temple, masqueraded a request from the Galactic Senate. He contacted the Kaminoans 10 years prior to the outbreak of the Clone Wars to commission a clone army to be bred to serve the Galactic Republic. Though ultimately the army would secretly end up serving the Sith, as Count Dooku, under his Sith name Tyrannus, hired the galaxy's greatest bounty hunter Jango Fett as the clone template, and arranged for sifo his best friend, to be assassinated. Number 3. Waterworld The Kaminoans were initially a land-based culture, recovering from an ice age. But when the ice melted, their entire planet was consumed in a great flood. As isolationists, the Kaminoans decided not to reach out for the Republic for help, but instead constructed massive, fully enclosed cities on the surface of their now ocean-covered world. This capital was named Topoka City. The land animals that they were able to save were sent to the city and the Kaminoans themselves, through genetic engineering, also altered their own species. This was so they could adapt and survive to their planet's new condition. Number four, they made water their ally. Taking advantage of their water-filled surroundings, the Kaminoans used hydrogen, harvested from their seawater, to create an endless supply of energy, which was then used to power all the technology in the cloning facility and their cities. On the actual set, when George Lucas was shooting the movie, he too took advantage of the water around him, 
by using sprinklers that were placed in an elaborate system on the ceiling stage. From there, his production team could control the rainfall and used giant fans for wind as Obi-Wan and Jango Fett fought. Number 5. The Kaminoans were inspired by Steven Spielberg The designs of the Kaminoans, their pearl-white luminescent skin, their long thin necks, the deep-set dark glassy-coated eyes, and their underdeveloped noses and mouths were inspired by the 1970s retro aliens in Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The Kaminoans' looks and movements were made spindly and graceful, as George Lucas wanted to contradict their calmness and serenity with the turbulent and violent storms outside of their enclosed city. Number 6. The Kaminoans' Height The Kaminoans reached adulthood at 12 years of age, and were obviously much taller than most humans, but how tall can they get? Well, the cloners range from nearly 7 feet to over 8 feet in height. The actors who portrayed them in the Attack of the Clones wore specialized hats to keep the correct eye level with Jango and Obi-Wan. These hats were essentially fancy hard hats, with a sculpted Kaminoan added to the top of it. Two different hats were made for each actor. The female Kaminoan who escorted Obi-Wan around the cloning facility was Ton Wee, who was just shy of seven feet, while the other member of the amphibious species, Prime Minister Lama Su, was measured at seven foot six. Number seven, the Kaminoans' transportation. Now they were pretty fond of using large winged gliding air whale type creatures. These creatures were called Awas, and they were used as a mode of transportation on the watery planet. The Awas or Iwas were useful both in the air and on sea. They could fly and swim. These majestic beasts also had a natural sonar that helped them navigate below the surface of the planet's massive ocean. When they were airborne, the Awas would emit a loud-pitched whistling noise. However, the Kaminoans were not supposed to use Awas originally. George Lucas wanted to pay tribute to the vintage sci-fi origins of their design, and so he wanted to give the Kaminoans flying saucers instead. Eventually though, George dropped the idea as it was a little too on the nose but still hinted at it. And he did this through the saucer-like shape that he gave the Kaminos Tepuka City. On a side note, George did, however, get a chance to use his beloved saucers in the fourth Indiana Jones film. Number eight, how the Kaminoans see. For Obi-Wan, when he investigated the facility in episode two, everything was super huge and round and all white, pretty much. But for the Kaminoans, with their gigantic almond-shaped eyeballs, were capable of seeing through ultraviolet light, UV light. There were colors all around that only they were aware of. And maybe, this is a theory, that George Lucas made this choice as a way to suggest that there was much more going on, that the cloners could see that the Jedi could not. After all, the Kaminoans managed to keep Order 66 a secret all the way until the end of the Clone Wars. Number 8. Their Gender How can you tell what gender a Kaminoan is? It can be hard to tell with this alien species, but the clue lies at looking at the top of their heads. If you see fin ridges along the near of a Kaminoan's small, bulbous skull, you have spotted a male. The females are completely bald. But initially, Prime Minister Lama Su was actually supposed to have been a female with mohawk-style hair. Su was later made male, and so George decided that the mohawk, or hair, would also be what distinguished the males from the females. Finally, number 10. The Kaminoan Jedi. A distant and withered Jedi Master named Kina Ha was a Kaminoan female who was a member of the Jedi Order 
during the fall of the Republic and the rise of the Empire. She embraced the Jedi Code more than she did the Order itself. A recluse, she rarely made an appearance in the Jedi Temple, which ultimately allowed her to survive Order 66. She eventually went into hiding on Mandalore during the reign of the Empire, before joining up with the splinter faction of the Jedi Order called the Altizian Jedi, who unlike the Jedi actually allowed their masters to train multiple students and their members could have families. Hope you enjoyed these random 10 facts on Kaminoans. The cloners were pretty interesting creatures. Oh yeah, and let me know if there's any fact that I left out that you really like and you want to put into this video and maybe I'll make it part two. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day and I'll catch you in the next episode of Star Wars Theory. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always.